is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He is Anthony Pusick. How are you, sir? Doing great, Donnie. Listened to you on the call last night. Donnie Pucks at the Prudential Center. Very well done, as always. Well, I, I really had a lot of fun. That was, a, that was a fun game to call. Not if you're a Devil fan, and, and we'll get to them in just a second. Uh, but Who had a worse night? Well... There's a lot of people. Bastion had a really bad night. Not a good, no, not a good day for him. You know, his nose, he looked like Rocky. Um, between that and the fight with Truba, and all, that was men against boys last night. It really was. And and, and um, uh, the Rangers are now one away from a franchise record of uh, 10 consecutive wins. They'll try to tie that tomorrow in Philadelphia. How about but, that? Uh, but let, let, let's start. There's a bunch of places to start, uh, but but I guess this game is as good as any. Uh, the Rempe hit on Bastion. All right. By the letter of the law, was it a blow to the head? Yes. Uh, they reviewed it. So obviously Toronto got a good look at it and, and, and was deemed a five-minute major. I don't suspect he'll get suspended. Uh, he's obviously going to have to have some sort of a hearing, whether it's over the phone or in person, I would think it'd be over the phone. And, I believe, and I, Don, he's not getting a hearing. No, then, then, and that's and that's uh, deserving because I don't think it deserved a suspension. And you can even question whether it even deserved the five-minute major. I know they have to be sensitive to headshots, but now you explain to me, all right, moving forward, how Matt Rempe's supposed to hit anybody. He's six eight. He hit Bastion, who's six four. Okay, that Bastion's a big boy. And he's still giving four inches to Rempe. So Rempe hit him. And, and Bastion was bent over. So are you telling me that he's now not eligible to be hit? Because I don't know how you can hit somebody without the head being part of it when you're four inches taller than the guy you're hitting and he's hunched over, which now it's six, seven inches taller. Are you supposed to just not hit him? I mean, he tucked in his shoulder. Uh, so it wasn't like he threw out his elbow or led with his shoulder, at least in my opinion. So I'll ask the question. Is he now not eligible to hit anybody? No. Because he's going to be at least five or six inches taller than the average person that he hits because he's 6'8". Look, Don, I think we can. I think I don't know that the NHL Department of Player Safety does this, or refs do it, or Toronto does it, or what have you. But I think every, sometimes it is a matter of how things look, right? And Bastion came up bloody. It was a it, you could you could argue it was almost a charging penalty with the with the way that Rempe took two skate two skates into him. I know Peter Laviolette said it was just a hard hit and he's a big guy, and I agree with that. Do I think Rempe had an intent to injure him? No, I don't. Which is probably why I think this was the perfect way to handle this penalty. Um, you take a look at it; it's full contact with the head, and I know what you're saying, Don. What else is he supposed to do? And I hear you on that. I've seen people on Twitter also argue he could have stepped to the side, this, then, the other, and I'm not going to be able to say that I know how easy it would be to adjust your body seeing that somebody's head is down to go hit them in a different place other than head-on, which is when you're skating full speed in an NHL game. I don't know that. I don't know how you're able to do that. Um, but I will say this. Um, I looked at it, and I thought it was probably the right call. Um, I'm sure Dave disagreed. I was in, on the train at the time. Didn't get a chance to hear your guys' take on it. Live. No, Dave was. Dave basically echoed what I said. What is he supposed to do? Not yeah. hit anybody. Look, and I, and I get that, and I think that your sentiment and everybody's sentiment online is essentially being shown today with the Department of Player Safety saying that there this is not worthy of a suspension. Uh, it was ugly in the moment. He did make head contact. Um, afterwards, he actually does. Even though Siegenthaler was it Siegenthaler. Who was trying to step up for... Well, um, Siegenthaler went after right. him. Right, well, yeah. Siegenthaler went after, went after him, and then Rempe dropped the gloves, and Siegenthaler didn't. He one-punched him, good night, delights. So, 
that also probably contributed to it, I would imagine. Um, it was a, it was a multitude of events, and I think by seeing that there is no supplemental discipline, he got his game. He essentially got suspended well, for the game. Let's be honest, and uh, and that will be that. And and listen, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter because the Devils' power play sucks. And I usually it's don't not like good, to use Don. that word. They're four for their last sixty-one after going zero for four last night. Set the tone for the game. They had a five-minute major, couldn't cash in on it, and then four seconds into the Rangers' first power play, Jad scores. It was over. It was it was lights out, uh, and and Truba's running people. When I say running people, I mean it affectionately. I mean it wasn't like he was doing anything illegal. He's throwing his body around, and and I'm glad that it's starting to happen. The last few times that Truba has laid somebody out, that I've called a game, when Truba then has to answer with somebody going after him after a legal hit. What what's been happening, and I and I love it, is that now that player is getting. Um, the extra, the extra minor, which is the way it's supposed to be. So you know, you saw that happen last night. I think where, it could have got uh, more done, by the way. Right, but the point is, is that why should Truba have a legal hit and then have to sit in the box five minutes for after answering a fight for a legal hit? It just gets tiresome, and now if you want to do that, okay, but you're going to serve the extra two minutes, and you're going to have to kill off a penalty. So if you want to go out and support your teammates that much, it's going to cost you two minutes, and that's what happened last night. But the Devils are just a mess. They're a mess in so many different ways. And I'm ready to say it about the Rangers, about the Devils and the Islanders. I might be ready to call it. Dead. Because, honestly, because I don't here, here are all the things that I will say about the Devils. I mean, first of all, Timo Meyer's contract might turn out to be one of the worst contracts in the history of the organization. I mean, he doesn't do anything. I mean, I'm, doing, I'm calling the play-by-play. I hardly ever say his name. I didn't recognize him last night other than That's when, he a problem. Took, when he took the slashing minor. Now he's, tripping, whatever it was. He's missed 16 games because of injury, so that's not all on him. And he's got another seven years on top of this to prove everybody wrong. But right now, that's been a disaster. And you could say, well, it really isn't an offensive problem that the Devils have. It's more defense, and I get that. But you're four for your last 61 on the power play. It's costing you games. It certainly cost you the game last night. And Timo Meyer is a part of that power play that is completely hapless now over the last month, all right? So that's a major, major problem. The other thing that will eventually grow into a positive, you can't have kids. You can't, Luke Hughes is a terrific player, Anthony. He is. He had a rough I mean, game last night. But, you know, you're playing 23 minutes. He's 22 years old. You know, how, how old is Nemich? I mean, you're playing kids in their, their um, you know, barely 20, 22, 21 years old playing major minutes for a team that doesn't have any goaltending. I mean, that's a deadly combination of, of youth on the blue line and then have no goaltending. I mean, uh, give give Nico Dawes credit. It, it's, a, it's a nice story. It wasn't his fault. I don't think any of the goals were really his fault. It's just that, you know, you're giving up odd man rushes. You can't score on the power play. Um, they're just a, they're a mess right now. I think they will grow into being stars. But you can't have you know Graves gone, Severson gone, and you're replacing them with kids who are going to grow into being fabulous defensemen. But right now they're just asked to play too much minutes with Hamilton out of the lineup. So that that's a, that's a mess. Their goaltending is a mess. And oh by the way, they still have. I don't even know if you realize this, Anthony. They still have a West Coast trip: San Jose, Anaheim, and and L.A. Again, not great teams, but still going out west to pain. Got to win two of those. And they've they've got a uh, they've got a Dallas, Vegas, uh, Arizona trip that they still have to go on, which maybe actually is good news because the team's actually under five hundred at home. So I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, if I'm Fitzgerald right now, 
I'm I'm just gonna lay out. I mean, I I don't know if I'm gonna be making a move to try to salvage this season. I only you're only you know, what six points out of a playoff spot. I guess now looking at it, it's five because Detroit leapfrogged over Tampa last night. Yep. But now Washington is in. I, I just, Anthony, I, I just don't know. If you want to make a long term deal because you want to bring in a goaltender that's going to be a long term solution. But if you're trying to make something happen this year, I just, I don't, I don't see it. You can make the argument that Dougie Hamilton's injury has been more detrimental to the Devils than the Jack Hughes injury. Because that defense is completely different, Don. And is Luke Hughes going to play 23 minutes a night? Eventually, yes, but not right now. And if Dougie Hamilton was in that game, he's the power play quarterback. You could clearly see that they're missing that Fox Panarin type that can control the puck with relative ease for a majority of their time in the offensive zone on the power play. Um, They got into the habits the Rangers get into when they're frustrated on the power play. They take a stretch pass. They try to skate through people. It just gets poked away and cleared down the other end of the ice. That's a pain in the neck when you're struggling. Lindy Ruff actually blamed the media last night for why the power play is struggling because everybody's asking about it. Well, everybody's asking about it because it's bad. And the best way to be a get out of a rut, let's say, offensively, when your team is not being able to score five on five, is to have an effective power play. Oh, and by the way, you should have a good one because you have some pretty good players. One of them being Jack Hughes, who did score last night. It's tough. I agree with you. I don't think this team is going anywhere. I don't think the other team in the New York area is going anywhere that played in St. Louis. Um, I don't know if one move makes a difference. Losing Dougie Hamilton's big. Get him healthy. Get him back next year. Find a goalie in the offseason and just scratch this as a learning experience for a team that was a little above their skis last year. That's it. And and, and then they've got to move on. Because there's there's no question this team has incredible future. Heeshear is a star. Jack Hughes is a star. Luke Hughes is going to become a star. Uh, Nemich is going to become a star. But right now, they're just kids, and, and there's a lot of learning and a lot of growing, and, and they have to make a decision, too, whether Lindy is the guy to lead them through this. I mean, they obviously miss Andrew Burnett. I think he's a piece that's been missing from a, from a coaching standpoint when you look at the difference between this year and last year. Uh, but I love their future, but their, their future clearly is not now. Islanders give up three goals in 32 seconds. That's a franchise record for the St. Louis Blues. That's not good. Shut out the Islanders 4 nothing. You know, they were able to salvage the Pittsburgh game uh, to get the two points of the win in overtime there. But really, uh, after blowing the lead against the Rangers, they blew a two-goal lead in the third period against Pittsburgh. They get, uh, you know, have that bad 32 seconds, and it basically cost them the game in St. Louis. And that Blues team is not bad, by the way. So uh, they got an excellent chance to make the playoffs. But still, Islanders and Devils both do not look like playoff teams to me. If I had to bet right now, uh, it's either going to stay the way that it is with Detroit and Tampa as your wild card teams, and if I had to say there's a team on the outside looking in that can make it, I would give it. I'd give Pittsburgh the chance more than I would give the Islanders, the Devils, and Capitals the chance. Give the Capitals credit; they've won a couple of games in a row here, um, and they right now are just five points out of a playoff spot with three games in hand on Tampa and a game in hand on Detroit. But I'm not in love with Washington either, nor am I in love with Pittsburgh. But the fact that they've got four games in hand on Tampa, Latang looked great. Great last night. Crosby's having a resurgent season. Of all the teams, I give Pittsburgh the best chance to make it. I'm not saying they will, but I'll give them a better chance over Washington, New Jersey, and the Islanders. Yeah, I might be where you were earlier in the year, Don, where you thought the West was set. I think the East is set with their eight. 
Um, I don't see Pittsburgh. I don't see Pittsburgh the way you do. I've been waiting for their demise, as as we have both been trying to predict over the last three four years with how uh, weak they've been. Um, I, I don't but see just it. because of the games in hand. I know, I, I'll give I know. them a shot because I'm not in love with Tampa either. You know, so uh, I don't think Tampa's any great shakes. They're an even goal differential. Pittsburgh's at least a plus fourteen goal differential. I could be, I could be thinking old Tampa too because I've seen them play this year, and they're certainly not the team that they once were. They don't have the depth that they once did, but they have Vasilevsky. They probably have the Hart Trophy winner in Kucherov. Um, although I think McKinnon and McDavid will have something to say about that. Um, but I, I, I'm just gonna. I'll go out. I'll go out on the limb that you did. I'll say that the East is set in terms of the eight. It's just a matter of where they finish. Um, definitely not the two New York locals outside of the Rangers. Um, I actually like Washington better than Pittsburgh. I know the goal differential is ugly, uh, but Alex Ovechkin seems to be finding himself, and he can win games pretty much on his own. That's just how good he is, um, especially if he's got his scoring touch and scores two goals a game. So I'll give them a better chance, uh, but I think it's going to be Detroit and Tampa. And good for Detroit because it's good to have an original six team like the Red Wings back in the playoffs if they get there. Um, yeah. It's obviously better for the sport to have the city of Detroit in the Stanley Cup playoffs if they if they are able to uh, yeah. close this out. Well, and you know, get off the schneid, too, after that long streak of always making, and it's been a long time. And their Detroit. win last night was impressive. That was impressive. They get, give them credit. I mean, they, they, they were down a goal in the third period against Colorado, and they win that game. That's a huge win for Detroit, so they get themselves a little bit of a cushion on the teams on the outside looking and have the first wild card. Big boy win for the Hurricanes last night, one nothing over oh, the yeah. Panthers. You know, and the, the Rangers have needed this nine-game winning streak to be able to hold on to that six-point lead. Carolina still has a game in hand. But, uh, boy, uh, Carolina's on the come. That's, that's a nice win against a really, really good Florida team to be able to blank them. All the question marks are always going to be around. Does Carolina have the goaltending necessary for them to be able to make the playoffs? Well, you go out there and you shut out a really good Panther team. You hold them, um, you know, again, 45 shots on goal. Uh, the goaltending for, for Carolina you know, was terrific in this game as they got a tremendous um, goaltending performance uh, from Kachenkov. And now the Anderson's talking to the media about the possibility of him returning. So the Rangers have really needed this uh, winning streak because Carolina is really going to put a lot of pressure on them. I think uh, this is not going to be an easy division to win. Carolina is going to make sure of that. No, they look really good. Um, obviously, you know how I feel about the Panthers. Um, and Kachenkov had a great game. And if they can get the goaltending, I mean, we've said this about a lot of teams, Don, but Carolina is a little more well-rounded than the teams we're talking about when it comes to teams like the Devils. And it's like if they have the goaltending, like it's gonna. If the Oilers have the goaltending, um, now the Oilers may have higher top-level talent than the other teams that we're mentioning here. But Carolina overall, with Rod Brindamore as a coach, one of the best in the NHL, is a very, very good team. They really do just need the goaltending. And if they can get what they got from Kachekov, and not that every night, but even a fraction of that every night, they're going to win more games. And they lose, uh, and they're going to give the Rangers a run for their money in the East, um, in the Metro, I should say. Um, and quite frankly, they could even be uh, one of the best teams in the East when it's all said and done. I could see them making the Eastern Conference Final yeah. if everything kind of breaks their way. And Anderson coming back would be huge for them. If Kachekov is your backup, you know Anderson isn't going to be a top goaltender, but he's going to be serviceable enough where you kind of know what you're getting night in and night out. Um, and that's something that Carolina has not had all year. Now, Toronto doesn't get talked about because they're too far out to to win the division, you would think, and I think they've got enough of a cushion not to worry about the wild card anymore, but they put up a touchdown in Vegas, another goal for Matthews, 52 goals now on the season, Uh, but it's not just about him, it's about everything that Toronto's doing right now, and what Vegas is not doing, they put stone on long-term IR. Well, their cap cap, uh, circumvention has started, it is February. Well, 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 that's, I mean, Bissonnette, I saw a tweet about that earlier in the day, like, yeah, that's the allegation, but listen, 
listen, Vegas is in a little bit of trouble here. They're, they're, they're banged up. And, you know, they're lucky that Vancouver's kind of hit the bit of a snide here, but they're still 10 points out of first place. They've only got a two-point lead on Edmonton for second, and Edmonton's got four games in hand. And then you look at the Kings. The Kings have two games in hand, and they're just they're right now uh, just four points back of Vegas, um, although that was a nice win again for Nashville. Nashville continues to keep pace with the St. Louis Blues, so they've been Good for impressive. Them. Um, but, you know, the Kings... Could very Kings at home, you know, terrible. Vegas, when this is all said and done, can be a wild card team. I mean, they went from a team that looked like they had a chance to win this division, where I, I think there's a very good chance if they don't get healthy, where the Kings can possibly pass them, and, and they could be sitting there, you know, hanging around with the St. Louis Blues, battling a wild card. I don't think they're going to fall out of the playoffs by any stretch. No, Vegas is in, in a lot of trouble just because of the the games in hand, uh, and also, you know, the, you look at the Los Angeles Kings. I mean, they're 14 points out off. The pace of Vancouver, but they they got four games in hand on the Canucks. Canucks played fifty nine games, so that kind of opens the door for some funny things out here in the Western Conference. And that would be scary, Don. And I'll tell you why. We just talked about it either this po- the last podcast or the podcast before. I don't see a Western team in the wild card making noise. If Vegas slips because they're playing bad due to injury, and then they right. get healthy by the playoffs, That's a that is story. not a team. I want to face in the first round. No. I don't care if it's home, away, whatever. Obviously, they're a better team at home. You could see it in their in their splits. But if you have a healthy Eichel, if Stone comes back with it in any length of time, you've seen Aiden Hill steal games not only in this season but in the playoffs last year. You go and you're let's see, you're the stars right now who are first in the in the West. You go and play the Vegas Golden Knights. That is a tough, tough opening round to win your division and have to play Vegas on a snide. That would be terrible. Um, I like Vegas when they're healthy. Obviously, they're struggling. They're five and five in their last ten. Have lost two in a row. Um, and again, not taking anything away from Toronto because we've seen Toronto struggle against teams they should beat. Um, and they're keeping pace in order to stay in third in the Atlantic. I don't think they're going to catch either Boston or Florida like we talked about. But a six-game win streak, eight two and zero in their last ten. That's nothing to ignore. Um, they're starting to find themselves, and a big reason is because Austin Matthews is one of the best players in the league. Unbelievable, fifty-two goals. That, that, that's pretty incredible stuff that you're, you're able to put that yeah. together like that. I will say this, Don, by the way, um, and it, it, it kind of came to me late here because we just talked about the Kings, um, and uh, and obviously they lost last night, but Quentin Byfield had a highlight reel goal earlier in the uh, in the week, and I'm sure you saw that. It was all over the place. Yeah. And then Alexi Lafreniere had two last night for the Rangers. Both guys, one and two in there in the draft that they came out, and... They kind of. I know that uh, the New York uh, fan base kind of wrote Lafreniere off, and I know that the King fan base also kind of didn't think Byfield was going to be amount to anything. Keep in mind how young these guys are, and and I tweeted it out last night. Like it, it's, you got to give these guys some time, man. Like I, I know Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer kind of found themselves within two three years. It took Lafreniere four, and it took Byfield four. It looks like both these guys are going to be key pieces to whatever run the Rangers or the Kings are going to go on, not just this year, but for years to come. And, you know, just because a guy doesn't, you know, jump off the page like Connor Bedard and Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby right away doesn't mean that they're not going to shake out to be where they were expected to be drafted. I'm not saying Alexi Lafreniere is playing like a number one overall pick. I'm not saying that Quinton Byfield's playing like a number two. No. But you're starting to see the skill 
that oh. allowed you to say, okay, I see why these guys are yeah. were drafted where they are. And it just takes patience. I know that's not an easy word in New York, and I know it's not an easy word for contending teams, but if you give these guys time, good chance that they're going to pan out. Yeah, and you already saw, that, again, it was late in the game, and the game was already over, and they were trying to get Lafreniere the hat trick, but he was playing on the top power play unit, and and um, they got a little uh, sloppy in trying to get him the hat trick, and that led to the Jack Hughes goal and hurt Igor's chances of uh, – of getting the shutout, and that would have been nice—a shutout and an assist for Shesterkin had he not given up that goal late to Hughes. But you're right; I mean, Jack Hughes is special. He's your special. What's derailed them? It's been injuries. Same thing with Byfield. Starts his career yep. banged up. Um, but you know, when you got the expectations and you got young players, there's growing pains. Lafreniere is never going to live up to the first overall pick expectations. He's just not. But can he be a guy that can maybe consistently at some point be a 25-30 goal scorer? Uh, be a consistent second-line player? Because uh, really, when it's all said and done, I think you're going to be very happy to have Alexei Lafreniere. Um, I agree. But he'll always be, well, there's the first overall pick, probably not worth the first overall pick, but I think you're going to get to a point where Ranger fans are going to be very happy that number 13 is on their team, no matter how he ended up being on their team. Uh, Kraken trying to keep themselves alive as they beat the Canucks 5-2. to two. How concerned should we be about the Canucks? They've lost four straight games now, only managed 21 shots on goal last night. He has a team that back on Monday gave up ten goals. The Wild broke them. Yeah, but the, well, I, and but I also think the fact is is that they know that they got a ten point lead in the division. So maybe we're just kind of going through the dog days here for them. But be careful because this is not a team that's a consistent playoff team. So I, I thought there's still reasons for them to stay engaged. Uh, so maybe it's just a little bit of a slip, knowing they're still going to be able to win this division, but. Kind of a little disconcerting here that they've played as poorly as they did, losing four straight games. You know, four straight games in regulation for a team that was clearly the best team in the NHL uh, is is you know, not flying under the radar. People are going to notice that. No, you're certainly right. And one thing that I think that they could probably improve is their defense a little bit. Now, of course, they have Hughes, who's fantastic, and Tyler Myers, and 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 there's some names that you recognize. But when you give up ten goals to the Minnesota Wild, um, and I watched a lot of that game, I was sitting here doing the K show. I, I looked up and I was I was taking a look at where this where this occurred and it was defensive breakdowns and not being able to get out of their own zone maybe it's the defense that needs to be shored up by Vancouver they got Lindholm and that's obviously huge I don't think they need any more offensive scoring ability right. but maybe they go and get that extra defenseman that might shore up their bottom pair and kind of keep make them a little deeper maybe that's where they need to go um concern yes uh do, does it take them out of the top five for me no um no. again this Kraken team they 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 fight uh, I don't see them making the playoffs, but it's just a weird year for them. I mean, again, kind of like the Devils, where they kind of shock. They kind of shock Colorado, and then you think, okay, like we're going to build off this. I think there's still some missing pieces on that team. Uh, Matty Beneers uh, is having an okay year. Uh, I'm not going to call it a sophomore slump, but you know, you know, the, the meteoric leap that some guys take, he has not done. No. Um, their goaltending, McCann's, the McCann's a terrific. Player. McCann's He's a terrific a player, and 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 their goaltending is what it is. It's it's fine. It's not yeah, great. Fine. They're a fine um, team. They're fine. They're fine. And 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 whether they make the playoffs or not, again, is that going to make or break them? No. But you, as you've said, Don, you kind of want to build off that as an expansion team. But I think if they end the season on a high note, look like they're going in the right direction, and know that they can make a couple moves in the off season to improve their depth, um, I think that would be okay. But yeah, look, the way that Seattle's playing and the way. Vancouver has played. It's concerning that they lost the way they did last night, no question. All right. Well, it's Friday. You know what Friday means. I do. Don McGregor's Friday Top 5. Yeah! 
Number five. Well, the top five for me, and I think for you too, ate a little mango because we have movement. We have movement in our top five. We were very stagnant for a while, but I think now we've got some serious juggling around here in the top five. Uh, But we're going to stay consistent at the bottom five. Um, Dallas is not leaving, but I still have them at five. Uh, They've had an interesting week, five, three, and two, but they have lost a couple of games in a row. Um, You know, a little disconcerting, a couple of overtime losses, that big nine-round shootout against Boston, but uh, they lost to the Rangers, lost last night to Ottawa, so didn't finish out the week very well, but still a very good team, still maintaining first place in the Central Division, very deep off offensively their goaltending i think has been really solid i've got the dallas stars still in the top five at five i do not have dallas in my top five anymore nice. i am sneaking in the carolina hurricanes oh i like uh, it four game win streak uh the last one of course coming last night against the team that i think is going to win the president's trophy in the panthers um the rangers are on a nine game win streak and as you pointed out don they really haven't gained much ground on carolina as a result um they're going to be they're a tough defensive team if they get their goaltending figured out and anderson comes back they're going to be even better um i don't think that i can ignore keeping carolina out of the top five so for now they are number Good. five number four and again we were just talking about their four game losing streak but still they built up a nice enough cushion not to drop out i still have vancouver in the top five and i have them uh at number four you know again that that 10-7 loss to minnesota was disconcerting but they did score seven times and you know jt miller was good last night picked up his 29th goal of the season so uh, listen, it's not a. It, it, I think it's just a blip overall, but something to kind of pay attention to, but not enough to drop out of the top five. I've got the Canucks at four. Yeah, I can't call the best offensive team in hockey the best offensive team in hockey and not keep them in the top five, but they do drop down to four as well, Don. Um, it's been an interesting shift here. We had the West a lot of our top five for a while. Now we're starting to see a couple of East teams get themselves figured out and keep themselves in contention here for our top five. So for now, I have Vancouver at four, and they mm. might, just might, be my only West team. Number three. Yeah, I'm with you. Top heavy East here. I've got Boston dropping down to three. Again, not the greatest of weeks. Four, three, and three. But they do continue to hang in games, do continue to get points. You know, kind of a lazy game against Calgary last night, but still earned a point. So, you know, they're still terrific in regulation, still finding ways to get points, even when though they're uh, at times not great. McAvoy's been playing very well for them. Their goaltending has been really good. So I've got the Boston Bruins in the top three at three. Yep, most points in the league, one game in hand on Vancouver. Um, I'm in agreement with you on Boston. Uh, it seems like for the last three weeks, I've looked at their last 10 and haven't been impressed when we've done this, yet they still have the most points in the East, or close to the most points in the East, and they still have one of the best records. Home, away, splits are good. Both goalies are good. Their depth seems to never go away, despite the fact that they lost two key pieces this offseason. Uh, David Pasternak is one of the best goal scorers in the National Hockey League as well. Um, all good things for Boston, but I do have them at number three. Number two. Well, a nine-game winning streak is going to do it. They were in the top five last week, and I've got the New York Rangers at number two. Do you realize they've got the sixth-best goal differential in the NHL at plus 35, and it's the third-best in the Eastern Conference, only the Boston Bruins and Florida Panthers are better. Uh, it's not one thing with the Rangers. We talked to Eric Gustafson after the game, and he agreed. Uh, it's been, you know, the penalty kill and the power play have been, you know, solid. Certainly could be better on the 
the power play. Uh, but the goaltending has been terrific. They're getting that secondary and tertiary scoring that is just so vitally important for this team. Uh, it's really a lot of things just coming together. They haven't played a lights out in this nine-game losing streak. There are a couple of games where they were fortunate to win. Certainly the stadium series uh, would be one of them. But they are more than doubling up their opponents offensively in the nine-game winning streak. Uh, Lafreniere has been hot. Kako has played uh, certainly better. Truba's just hitting everybody that's in his way. Coming back from that two-game suspension, I've got the New York Rangers at number two. Yeah, in lockstep with you, Don. And the more you look at it now, you wonder, is this the way that teams want to swoon? In the sense that everything was going wrong for the Rangers in January. It seems like nothing was going right. And then before that and now after, it seems like everything is clicking at the right time. If one thing isn't working, you can lose some games. If everything's not working, good chance you're going to lose. I think you'd rather want everything kind of falling apart at once, unfortunately. And by the way, falling apart, Rangers didn't really lose a whole lot of ground. Carolina creeped up on them. They were still first in the in the Metro. They were still one of the best teams in the East because of the cushion they built up. And now, they're playing as good as they were, if not even better than they were at the beginning of the Season 9. 1-0 in their last 10. Have a chance here with two, more, with two games against Columbus after Philly to continue to play well, even if they only win two of those three games, I think Ranger fans would be relatively happy with that, depending on how it looks. Um, We've been in lockstep on four, three, two, and I have a feeling we'll be the same for... Number one. Yeah, they're the best team in the National Hockey League right now. We set it back on Wednesday, and that is uh, the Florida Panthers. There's so many things going for them. But maybe the biggest thing, Anthony, is the fact that they are healthy. People forget they went to the Stanley Cup final last year, and they were all banged up. Goaltending has been terrific. Blue line, special. Uh, Reinhardt's been terrific. Kachuk has been terrific. Just up and down. And they're so exceptionally well coached with Paul Maurice. Maybe one of the most underrated head coaches in all of sports, never mind the National Hockey League. I think we're in lockstep that this is... uh, Number one with a bullet to me. I, I would not be surprised, Anthony, and I know how you feel about the Panthers, too. You picked pick them to win the President's Trophy, that this Florida Panther team is number one right now, and I would not be surprised if they continue to be number one on our top five for the rest of the season. Yeah, certainly not a fluke that they got to where they did last year, um, and it's only kind of carried over. Uh, they're amazing on the road they're 28 and 2 they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 at home of course they're decent as well um have to be when you have 78 points in 57 games um yes they lost to the carolina hurricanes but you know what you lost one nothing you didn't lose seven nothing you didn't lose six to two it was a hard-fought game and you came up short uh you play 10 times you probably split five and five um but you know what that's a team that's gonna you're gonna end up facing in the playoffs possibly so if you can play those teams tight I'm not going to knock them down just because they lost the game. They're 8, like I said, 8 2 0 in their last 10. Uh, I got the Panthers at 1. Yep, that's Who the way you got to look at it. Now, now th- this is what's. I found this very interesting. I don't know if you, you saw this. At I find all. everything interesting. That, you know, you take a look at the top, the, the top seven teams right now in the National Hockey League yep. Boston, Vancouver, Rangers, Panthers, Stars, Avalanche, and Jets. Jets. Okay? I'm just throwing it out there because take a look at the records. Boston over the last 10, 4, 3, and 3. Vancouver over the last 10, 4, 5, and 1. All right, the Rangers and Panthers have been hot. Dallas, fifth best team in the NHL, 5, 3, and 2 in their last 10. Yep. Colorado, 4, 4, and 2 in their last 10. Winnipeg, seventh best team, 4, 5, and 1 over their last 10. We're starting to see some of these teams kind of hit that swoon that you hit in February. Yeah, Carolina you know and Toronto you're a playoff team. doing well. You've already had your hot streak, and then you kind of come back down 
and and play. Now, I do think Colorado and Dallas need to be careful. I think winning that Central Division is going to be very, very important. It's a big difference between taking on those also rounds in the West in the wild card and then having to maybe have a, a Colorado-Dallas or a Dallas-Winnipeg or Colorado-Winnipeg first-round matchup, right? So I do think it's important to win your division in the Central. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but... You're just starting to see that it's all about just getting hot at the right time, and, and these are still really good teams that are kind of going to that swoon. So that's what we get in February. We're after the All-Star break and, you know, um, kind of Jekyll and Hyde schedule. Right? You look at the Rangers, played four times this week. Next week they play twice. And then in a couple of weeks they're going to have five games in a seven-day span. Like it's just a weird schedule right now. So I wouldn't get too overly crazy with these teams that have been average or below average. You, they, you, you've established enough games here where you know how good you are. So if you haven't impressed for a week or so, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, am I impressed by the 4-4-2 four, four, and two and 5-3-2 and two for the Stars and the Avalanche? No, but next week they could be 7-3-0, and oh, both of them. So I'm not overly concerned. I mean, there's concerning games. Look, I, like I said, I would be. I was very concerned with Vancouver's uh, 10-7 loss to the Wild. Um, the Dallas has had games where you kind of scratch your head. Colorado, like I said, they haven't been great. They, ha- I, I mean, look, they're one of the top... 10 teams in the league, but they haven't overly impressed, but they haven't been terrible. They, they've they been a team that's kind of been consistent throughout the year. Maybe they slip to where they are right now, where they're 4-4-2. Four, four, Maybe that's happened every now and again in a 10-game stretch, but more often than not, they figure it out because they yeah. have one of the best players in hockey in Nathan McKinnon. All right, let's buzz through some of the social media here before we call it a day. Uh, Matthew Wilson says, Don and Anthony, are the New Jersey Devils just simply put not good enough this year? I think that's what I'm leaning towards. It's not good enough. Between the injuries to Hamilton, um, Hughes and Heeshe are out of the lineup earlier in the season. They dug themselves a bit of a hole. They're just too young. They're too young in all the wrong places for me to believe that they're a playoff team. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Don. And that's no, you know, me being a Ranger fan, I, I like to think that I'm objective on this type of stuff. Um, I, I don't, I don't see it this year for them. Uh, we kind of hesitated to say that they were the team in New York that had the most likely chance to make it to the Stanley Cup this year, just because we were so we questioned their defense, we questioned their goaltending. Those questions have come to fruition because of the Hamilton injury. Um, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer can't do it all alone, or their whole forward core for that matter. Uh, there's clearly some issues with the power play. Um, there's frustration in that locker room. Lindy Ruff is frustrated with the media. Um, it's just not good right now. They kind of just need a reset, and a reset would be going into the offseason and kind of mm-hmm. seeing what wasn't working. Uh, David Hines says, with the Nike Fanatics fiasco with Major League Baseball uniforms, Fanatics fully taking over the NHL from Adidas next year, should there be concern the quality will also decline? They claim it'll be the same manufacturer that's doing the current jerseys, but I'm dubious. <laughs> We do get, I mentioned this on the the K show yesterday, and for people who don't realize that MLB's uniforms have been a disaster, um, but you know, there's the functionality of what works on the field, ice, and court, and then there's how it kind of looks and how it's merchandised. So I do think that the jerseys in the NHL, from a fan standpoint, don't seem to be as good, but on the ice, they actually function very well. We're kind of caught, kind of betwixt and between, like what's best for the quality of play and also what's best for fans to wear. Um, All I would suggest is if you want to get an old-time jersey, just buy it off of eBay because the quality that you're going to get right now just isn't going to be the way it was back in the day, just period. Well, look, you certainly can't be thrilled um, seeing what is going on in baseball right now and and the see-through pants, and if you look at a 
you know, you look at a white jersey in the NHL and you could start seeing through the pads. I mean, that that's not going to be ideal. Uh, I We can't say that it's going to be a success or a failure, I guess, until we see it, right, Don? Um, but early returns say that there should be some level of concern, yes. All right, let's see here. Uh, Mike asks a great question. Who from the East do you think will play spoiler in the playoffs? This may sound like an odd answer considering how dominant they've been recently, but I don't know if I want any part of Tampa. I don't believe that they're what they were, but do I want to have to deal with a, a, a genius behind the bench and John Cooper in a seven-game series, Vasilevsky who's going to the Hall of Fame, a Kucherov and a Stamkos that could get hot? I mean, I don't think Tampa's great. They're not winning a Stanley Cup, but but imagine you're the Rangers, you're the Hurricanes if they win the Metropolitan Division, if you're you know sitting there as Boston or Florida and you got to draw Tampa in the first round. That so I don't know if you consider them a sleeper, but you know I I, I think they could be more dangerous than the Detroit in the best of seven series than than any of the uh, the the teams that are on the outside looking in like Washington, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, or the Islanders in the first round. I, would you want to have to play Tampa in round one? No, I wouldn't. And my definition of spoilers, a sleeper, however you want to call it, Don, for for this sport and for the for the National Hockey League is wild card or a third place team in your division, right? And for me, the Toronto Maple Leafs are never a sleeper. Uh, they should be good. If you say that they upset somebody, somebody else will turn around and say, well, they're supposed to win. Kind of like the Yankees. Um, you know, they're never considered an underdog because of how, you know, the perception that they're always supposed to be good or always supposed to contend. I don't think the Flyers um, have the team, especially without Carter Hart, um, to be a team that's going to surprise people. Um, and I don't think that being third in the Metro is a knock on them. They have two of the best teams in the East and the Rangers and the Hurricanes behind them. I think it's the Lightning, like you said. I think Detroit is young. I think they're going in the right direction. Steve Eiserman seems to turn everything into gold whenever he touches it. Um, in a year or two, they're going to be very, very scary. This year, it'll be a nice story to get into the playoffs. If they can give a team a run, I think that would be impressive, in my opinion. Um, but with Tampa, like I said, you got Kucherov, you have Vasilevsky, you have Hedman, you have guys who have been there before and know how to win. John Cooper, one of the best guys behind the bench in the league. Um, yeah, they would be the team, I think, that would scare people. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I like I like where you're going there. Uh, Courtney, and she had a loss in her family, so we do uh, send our condolences to her. She says, hey, Don and Anthony, apologies if you already talked about this. I'm still catching up. But what are your thoughts about the Rangers' trade deadline? They definitely need a right wing help, possibly a center, ND. Who does Drury target? Is it worth a, a likely the high cost? Listen, I don't think you get too caught up in the nine-game winning streak and think they're okay. I think the needs are still the needs. Um, clearly, uh, center sounds like it might be more important than right wing in some circles. You're hearing Roslevic's name thrown out there. You're hearing Wenberg's name. So Yanni uh, Gord today, too. Yeah, Yanni Gord is going to probably be a little on the expensive side, but boy, you'd love him. He's a, he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. You'd love to bring that into the fold if you could, reunite him with Barkley Goudreau. Um, yeah, Chris Drury's going to do it, but I don't I, I don't think he's going to pay through the nose for it. And, and then, of course, you've got the Vetranos of the world, the, the Henriques. There's plenty of names bouncing around there, Anthony. But I guess it's really in the eye of the beholder whether a winger or a center is the bigger need. Well, it's interesting because you signed Brodzinski, right, Don? And he's done great in the faceoff circle, but he can also play wing. I mean, he's played wing before. Um, I, I don't think you're messing with this third line now the way that they're playing with Cooley and Kako being so effective with him. Uh, but if you bring in a guy like a Gord or a Wenberg and you want them being the center, there's no reason to say that Brodzinski can't be a wing. And then you knock down Cooley to the fourth line or you knock down 
Uh, you wouldn't knock down Kako. You'd probably keep him on the third line. But then, you know, VC goes back into a spot where he belongs um, on that third line. Um, there's so many different things that you could do. It really just depends on who they get and, and what they give up, right? Um, you'd have to imagine at some point, as good of a veteran presence as he is, Barkley Goudreau is not long for this team uh, with the cap hit that he has and the way that he is being utilized. I know Peter Laviolette will say that he's very important because he's part of that shutdown fourth line. But now they've got the Bash brothers there with Rempe and Edstrom. Um, it would be interesting. I could see Brodzinski centering that line just as well. Uh, but a buyout could be coming for Goudreau in the offseason. They could move on from him. Who knows? Uh, but I would love Yanni Gord. I think that would be exactly what you're looking for. Uh, but if it is somebody like you said, a Roslevic or or a, uh, or a Wenberg, I think that also helps them because they just need somebody else in that top nine uh, to round it out. Losing Heedle really hurt them. And it would be amazing if Brodzinski had this run that he's having right now along with Heedle at, at center. Wow, what, what this team could look like and how deep this team could be. You'd make the argument they're one of the deepest teams in hockey. So, you know, Courtney, we, we've, we've answered this question so many different times and there's been so many different answers. First it was Lindholm. Then it's, all right, maybe it's not Lindholm. And then, you know, you take a look at Calgary. Are they thinking of trading anybody anymore because of the fact that they're kind of staying in it? Um, are the are the Predators going to trade anybody because they look like they're in it? Are the Blues going to trade Buchnevich and are they going to have a reunion there? Who knows? Um, but it's going to be a rental in my opinion. If it's going to be a guy like Gord, it'll cost a little bit more. But you also think he's part of the future, right? right. So it'll be interesting to see. I would I would guess rental more than Ianni Gord type, and I'm I'm confident that Jury will be able to make it work. All right. Our buddy Sir Harvey Cruz says, since the Western Conference is loaded, if you had to put your money on one Eastern Conference team to win the Cup, who would it be? Harvey, you haven't been listening. The easy answer is the Florida Panthers. Yep, that's that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, I love the Rangers, but that that swoon in January scared me. Uh, call me back when uh, or text me back, Harvey, or tweet me back, whatever you want to do. You see me every day. When, uh, when the Rangers get a winger, and I see how it looks with that, um, I would feel much more comfortable to say that the Rangers could beat anybody in the East. I think they have a hard time with. I'd had they would have a hard time with Florida. I think they'd have a hard time with Carolina. Um, that's just me being honest. I also think they could beat those teams. But we saw Florida what they did what they did to the Rangers in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see them actually in March when they come up to the Garden. So we'll see how they play against them then. Um, but yeah, it would be Florida. And finally, DJC Sports Media says, "Hey guys." What are your thoughts on the defending champs? Vegas struggling through parts of the season. What adjustments or trades do you think they can make to repeat as champions? Or do you see them spiraling out of the playoff race? Listen, Bruce Cassidy's not going to allow that to happen. I mean, they're, they're a playoff team. There's no question. As far as you know, moves they can make, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what's out there for them. Uh, well, what do they need? Cap has always been you know, an issue, certainly, with them. Now, with the stone injury, does that free things up? For them to go out and get it, or you know, is it just a team that just a matter of a, just team getting healthy? And once they're healthy, they're a cup contender again. Yeah, I think that's the right answer, Don. Now they have some depth on defense. We saw that when there was injuries to their defense, that they feel pretty good about some guys that they have in the minors, um, and they have a, a good amount of depth there. If there was a team that needed a depth defenseman, now I don't know what you're getting back for that. Are you getting a third or fourth line player for that? Are you getting back some cap relief? What this, that, or the other? Um, look, when this team is healthy, they really don't need anything as far as I'm concerned. I think they're they're pretty darn good. Um, but it's a matter of when does Eichel come back? Does Stone come back? I, I lacerated spleen, I think, is the injury, Don. 
I mean, that's not something you mess with. So um, it just it's just a matter of when. I don't think they'll slip like we talked about earlier. They're not going to slip out of the playoffs. Um, and if they're healthy as a wild card team, they're more dangerous than some of the teams that won't be wild card teams, in my opinion, in the playoffs. So um, is there concern? Yes, because they're injured. Uh, I'm not concerned that if they were healthy, they'd be playing like this. I think they'd be playing, obviously, significantly better. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of when these guys come back healthy and where they're sitting in the standings. Now I'm going to squeeze one more in because he goes after you, although he didn't add you on the tweet, which That's is okay. kind of weak. Uh, but Michael's uh, showing the, uh, the Jari and Ottinger statistics that heavily favor Jari. Better goal against average, better save percentage, five more shutouts. Um, obviously, Ottinger's got a better record because he's on a better team. But he says, Jari leads league in shutouts. Anthony loves Ottinger and can't trust Penn's goaltending. Jari deserves more respect. I get the playoff chirps, but come on. Does he mean like that there's some, you know, that I that I don't like Jari because he played against the Rangers? No, I, I think what he's saying is that you're not respecting Jari. He deserves more respect. Well, look, he's not a bad goaltender. But I no, just happen to like Ottinger better, and Ottinger's not having a good year. There's no, also Ottinger's a, not having a great year. A multitude and, of top 10 goalies that are not having a good And Jari's been years. hurt, and Jari's been inconsistent in the postseason, but I give him credit. I, I This Pittsburgh team is the strangest team that I think I've taken a look at in a long time. Because at any moment, you're like, boy, this team really can come together when you consider the, the talent that they have on it. You've got Crosby, who's having a phenomenal year. Malkin, Latang, Carlson. Uh, but there's also conversations that they're going to deal Gensel away. I don't know how much their own organization believes in what they can run. And, and they keep doubling down, and yet there isn't any kind of run in them. And, and now they're, they're staring at two consecutive years of missing the playoffs right in the face. So, um, and Jari's a part of that. Now, if Jari was healthy against the Rangers a couple of years ago, do I think that they win? Probably. I don't think they were going to beat the Rangers with Louis Domingue between the pipes. And if Crosby doesn't get hurt in Game 4, they probably, don't. They probably, they probably do lose that first-round series. There's no question. But this is not just about two years ago. It's needing to beat the Blackhawks to make the playoffs last year and not being able to do it. It's a lot of early exits before that. I mean, it's we're, we're pretty far removed now from that 2017 championship. We're talking six years ago. You've got a new general manager now. You've got an outstanding coach, but you know, at what point do we say that they're kind of in no man's land right now? They are not bad enough to get a really good pick, and they're just not good enough to solidify a playoff spot. And they've kind of been this team for a while now. And and by the way, look, you could say that I say I don't trust them. I still may not necessarily trust Jari. He may be having a better year than Ottinger. If I'm picking a team right now, and I'm picking between Jake Ottinger and Tristan Jari as to build my franchise, I'm probably picking Ottinger. Now, that's my opinion. You, of course, can defend your goaltender. I defended Igor when he looked like he didn't know how to stop a beach ball in January. So, by all means. Uh, but I, is is Jari the biggest problem on this team? Absolutely not. No. I, I think this Penguins team is just old. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just... And I think that... And, and when you talk about ceilings, in my opinion, I think Ottinger has a higher ceiling than Jari. I'm not saying Jari's bad. He's probably in the top 15 of goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Um, but that's just my opinion. And it's okay to have a different one. No, listen, that's why we have this show and that's why we have the dialogue, the back and forth. We can't take calls... But that's where we use the social media as best that we could. All right, so don't have uh, your, your typical Friday. Not uh, not a ton going on as far as the schedule is concerned. Just three games in the NHL tonight as I punch it up here. Sabres at the Blue Jackets. That's for the people that really love the Barn game. burner. Uh, Jets in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Oilers Wild can be fun. Uh, because the Wild have played a little bit better as of late. And, of course, Edmonton trying to see if they can't catch Vegas for second place in the Pacific uh, Division. And then we've got uh, a crazy um, amount of games coming up uh, 
over the weekend, which should be a lot of fun, including a doubleheader on ABC, Blues Red Wings, followed by the Rangers uh, and the Flyers. That should be uh, a lot of fun. So, And I will be on the call Sunday when the Rangers are in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. So, I love it. Um, looking forward to that. What so, better than uh, a Sunday in Columbus? <laughs> let's reconvene on Monday. Uh, we hope to have E.J. Raddick, and we'll get his thoughts on uh, everything um, going on this week in the NHL. So enjoy your weekend, Anthony. You too, Donnie. And we'll be back with you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.